The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Air it out, bruh. Well, I mean, first of all, I owe you guys a bit of a mea culpa. Uh, he said the name of the episode in the episode. <laughs> he Get it? said it. Um, By I, the way, that means my bad in Latin. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I um, had a rough day yesterday. Yesterday is a weird day for me all the time anyways. And then I just got fucking obliterated <laughs> by a certain person. Oh. And, I mean, crushed. It's the person we think we're yes. thinking of. Okay. And, mm-hmm. I mean, like, just calling me names you're fucking this and you're fucking that and blah 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 which i was like wow we haven't really had any cross words with each other lately I'm not sure where that's coming from and it turned out to be coming from the people that she works with have been feeding her bullshit information because there's nothing yeah really to discuss yeah, i don't I, I mean i don't even talk about so her these guys podcast. work yeah. with her uh yeah well let me make sure we're talking about lauren bobert right she I got pissed chicks- off because i commented on facebook about her wall-eyed fake tits oh <laughs> perfect <laughs> are they are they a bit askew? She, <laughs> her tits look like Marty Feldman's head. <laughs> She's got Marty Feldman tits. <laughs> no, but I so I uh, I reached out to you guys and took it out on you, and that's not fair, and that's not how friends operate. And that was my whole fucking argument was like, you're not being a friend to me. (laughs) (laughs) So fuck off. (laughs) So fuck you both. I'm fucking quit. I retire. (laughs) And then three minutes later, three minutes later. All right, I'm back. I'm back. Fuck it. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. Let's get to work. I'm a fucking professional. Yeah. I think it's, you know, Um, the beat goes on. You know what? I knew, I knew, uh, I think I even alluded to that. We were texting, which I don't recommend texting arguments. I never have. It always just ends bad. But um, because there's no nuance and and, and no variation in tone and um, you don't know when somebody's kidding. Well, that's why you got to add emojis. That way people know if you're being a sarcastic. Yeah, Sean, that doesn't help. Um, (laughs) That doesn't help, John. Um, Why is there a clown emoji in this? Um, And a knife. And a knife. It's weird. I think my Uh, dad's texting me. I know, right? Uh, No, but I knew by the the level of volatility (laughs) that... It couldn't have possibly just been that. And then we learned that there was an anniversary of an unfortunate event that happened. And mm-hmm. you had many layers of not good yesterday. So I knew by the vitriol that you were like fucking vomiting. Like I knew you could Vent, not have just been venting that. Time. Now I have new information on this topic. Oh, shit. Oh, I saved it for the podcast. You are wow. amazing. Um, I, and I love how we're not using names, so it doesn't really matter. I was contacted by one of said people that were involved in this. Mm -hmm. 
and was asked out of the blue, and this is a person that I don't regularly talk to, I'm on good terms with, but I don't wouldn't consider it a normal like thing to text unless it's football related or something. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't have like regular conversations with this person. So out of the blue, just supposing, uh, this person contacts me and goes, Hey, uh, just wanted to ask if uh like is Bobby doing okay? Um, and I was like weird question um as far as i know everything's cool why do you ask he said well there's been some facebook messaging going on and he just and something seems like like not okay and i was like (laughs) i was like and in my mind i know exactly what they're talking of course um i don't know what was said and i'm like hey man i'm not on social media so like i don't i don't like text messages i I know i know but i just so i can tap dance politely out of the room i said hey Ah, i don't know what the you know i don't know i just talked to him and he seems to be doing fine and he's like all right because he just seemed a little bit off the rails like on on the on the facebook message i was like actually i i really read i did send him a facebook message and it was essentially just cutting him off and saying if if we are not going to be my friend and show a modicum of loyalty then i'm simply going to block you on facebook right and let's just do that. Now, can I ask you a question? I'm sorry to interrupt yeah, you. No, but can I all. ask you a question? Was this ever confirmed, resolved? Did you have more information? Like, Because it would appear like there were some things that were said that were untrue. It was not so much, hey, I saw Bobby doing this. Well, but were there flat out blatant fiction being said to this person that later it, blew you up? It sounds like yes. But it also sounds like she's obviously pissed off and has her own agenda, too. Mm. Um, I do know that for a while now, and I don't, you you guys are on Facebook. I mean, you've seen my posts. I mean, I don't call her out. I don't. Nope. Not at all. I I don't. Her name is not in my mouth. Nope. Ever. Mm -hmm. Um, I made one little comment about a person I was dating, um, but it was very vague. And I was basically me talking shit about myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyways, this gentleman is the only person that has close contact with her that is one of my Facebook friends. Okay. And I've always wondered, how the fuck does she see? Right. You know, I mean, certain of my, you know, any whiskey real thing is public. But most of my other shit, I just, it's for friends. And there's a reason she's blocked on Facebook and not my friend on Facebook. Because I don't want her fucking reading my shit. Because well, it it's not sense. her business. So someone's been back channeling and showing her Interesting. my whole Facebook shit. Yeah, of course. Right. You know what I mean? And it makes sense that the only person in that building that I am actually Facebook friends is this gentleman. Right. No, it makes sense. She literally told me my boss uh, yeah. is the one that's been like showing me these posts. Right. And he also said this and he also said that. And that's when I, I was like, fuck this. Right. Like, to, right. not today. Sure. Yeah, sure. So and a quick before we move on, because mm-hmm. <laughs> we should definitely move on. This is no one's interested. In this. <laughs> um, no, I mean, the whole thing started because I was sitting at our friend's deli. And I noticed the people from this business started cycling in and getting and sitting down at a table. Right. My first thought was like, oh, she's about to walk through the fucking door. So I sent her a quick text. I was like, hey, if you're about to walk through the door, just let me know. I will skedaddle. This up. I will get out yeah. the back door. I got to go do shit anyways. That's when she just went, oh, I will fucking do whatever I want. And what? I don't, you, it's none of your fucking business what I do. And I was just like, I'm just trying to like save a fucking well, from what- a moment here. I, I, I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand the attack on you based on your posts, though. They seem pretty benign. If anything, they're self-effacing. They're very self-effacing. Um, but, but, but they're not specific. And, and honestly, th- I was thinking about, like, I was sitting between 
um, Taylor and Lynn, and like these are both attractive women. And she's going to walk in. That's what the first thing she's going to see. And she can fucking tell me she doesn't care or whatever. But that's going to suck. That's going to ruin her lunch. Okay. And I was trying to say, no, I don't want to ruin your lunch. No, I think you did the right I'll, thing. I'll hightail out the back door sure. and let you enjoy the rest of your day. Sure. You know what I mean? And this last Just eight minutes, and- this last eight minutes is exhibit A in the case for why you need to throw this person no, out of I, your life like Natalie yeah. Wood off a boat. And that's and that, yeah. too soon. Sean. I've put plenty of effort into this situation, trying to maintain a friendship and trying to, and you know what? It's just not going to happen. And it's probably for the best. Yeah. And I wish her well in her endeavors. Peace. <laughs> I've, I've always found it. I had this conversation with Rex after like literally talking about this very thing, because this has sparked the conversation. And I was like, you know, I understand being, maybe being sociable with people that you dated, you know, but once you cross that Rubicon of living with somebody and it's a long-term relationship, I've, I've never seen a long-term relationship end great. Um, I don't know. I don't know that, that, that scratch that you have to itch to remain in somebody's life. And I know there's a sense of loss and a sense of longing. I get that. But like, like typically long-term relationships and yours, I mean, I don't think it's anything bad to say did not end spectacular. There was a lot of volatility. I just never in my mind could square the circle of like being friends with somebody after that much emotional fucking combat. Well, and it's just very hard for me to like reconcile that. And like, I actually used to make this argument in our relationship a lot. Um, she always thought we were going to end up friends forever, no matter what happened, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not crazy. With, not with but then like it. it changed for me because I was like, I, we stayed together long enough that she did become my best friend. And I mean, I like in under normal, you know, circumstances, I get along better with her than I get along with you guys. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that to be a dick. I'm just saying that because it's fucking true. Like she and I, when we're together and things are good, holy fuck, man. Like right. we're next level, yep. you know, but when it's bad, I mean, it's also next level. Nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> Find a bunker. Fucking Chernobyl, fuck- yeah. <laughs> well, shit. Speaking of the bunker, hey. this is the Whiskey Reel podcast, the riskiest of wheels. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. To my left <laughs> is the white Malcolm X because of his glasses. What is happening? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Nineties TV star Hiv Tyler Gashman. Bobbit Van Noise of the Tallahassee Van Noises. <laughs> I think I told you yesterday you weren't allowed to call me Gashman anymore. <laughs> I said Hiv Tyler Gashman. I know, you didn't I know, say I, I know it's use fine. It. I don't give a shit. He said Honestly, ga- at this point I don't fucking care. He, has ga- <laughs> he said Gashman, but he has a really bad lisp. I have a bad problem with sleeping with women. <laughs> That's a or thing a I good do. problem. It's a thing I do. It's <laughs> sorry. Thing, things happen. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Uh, to my left is my general manager. Yes, sir. He runs my life. Hey. He makes up my schedule. <laughs> he handles my W four. <laughs> it's so dirty. Yeah, I, I like it. Mr. Aaron Antonio Branderas. Yes, do Thank you, sir. Do Thank sense. you, sir. Um, and to my left, you guys know him. He's the chattiest. He's the grand producario. Um, he is the giant, giant man uh, known as Chandre the Giant. <laughs> this is one, Mr. Sean Moriarty. Thank you very much. So, Bobby, what did you bring for us today? This is a this is a little mm. different. We didn't do a whiskey. It was time to mix it up. Yep, I went outside the box. I just started walking around and looking at spirits, and I was like, I want to find something that's like in that thirty five dollar range because I think that's mm-hmm. where we find our best values. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I picked up like three different bottles. I had some Florida Cana in my fucking hand at some point because we've never done Florida Cana, which is the, the I don't know Swiss Army knife of That's aged rums. Yeah, um, That's a good way of putting it. So I was walking toward the cash register and I saw this out of the corner of my eye and I looked at it. I was like, that's weird. It looks like a Japanese whiskey just mm-hmm. by virtue of the shape of the bottle, uh, mm-hmm. the cork design. But it's not a Japanese whiskey. It's actually a dry gin, not the driest of gins, but it's called 135 degrees east. Mm-hmm. Um, Hyogo. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Hyogo dry hey. gin. Awesome. I, I don't know why we always have to do <laughs> racial Japanese stuff. <laughs> My cousin's half Japanese and listens to this podcast, Aaron. Perfect, dude. Um, I mean, if you go if back and listening. listen to our Li- Liquid Swords episode. That's all you need to know. There was a lot of that. <laughs> we didn't say a single L correctly. No, there was not an L said. There were a lot of R's. <laughs> we said a lot of R's. So this is not a Rundin dry. It was... Uh... <laughs> and we're canceled. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yet another R heavy episode of the Whiskey Room. Thank you, sir. And the tradition of a lot of Japanese stuff, this is really refined. Yes. For a gin, I think it's kind of delicate, very smooth, very easy to drink. Um, The flavors are there, but you have to have a little bit of a palate to pick up what you're picking up. You're going to pick up the overwhelming sense of this is uh, floral and aromatic and this and that. Mm -hmm. But to like, to discover the like particular botanicals in it, it's a little tricky, man. And, yeah. and it's a, it's a, it's, but that to me, that speaks of well balanced and well designed because this is delicious. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. There is a, the first thing that jumped out of the bottle, number one, it's not an entirely clear. I'm not sure if they, if they cask this for a little bit and rest it, but I, if they don't, that's also makes sense. But there is a huge amount of florality on the nose Tons. and on the palate. I, uh, Hendrix famously uses rose hips and cucumbers mm-hmm. and infuses that into that. It would be very surprising if they didn't use rose hips in the recipe of this. It's, uh, the thing about like you alluded to with Japanese spirits in general, their whiskeys, their sakes, their beers, everything the Japanese do, uh, they have very, very soft, small hands. Um, they have very soft hands with it. They don't hit you over the head with a ton of bricks. They're not uh, abrasive and abashed with their whiskey making, with their gin making, with their sake. Everything's very delicate and refined, and uh, there's an inherent balance to a lot of their spirits. I've never had a Japanese whiskey that was overpowering. I've never had a Japanese gin that was overpowering and much in that. So the main thing that people dislike and like gin for is juniper that makes up every gin has to have juniper in it and they've really put a they've really pulled the reins on the juniper on on this um it's not as viscous it's very very kind of ephemeral it lifts right off the back of the palate with that floral rose hip sort of on the back me and bobby were talking about what to do with this this is one of the few gins that i would enjoy drinking straight which we are doing uh we got a little bit of ice in there to dilute it um it's wonderful product but we were like man if you did a nice cold highball and get out of mm-hmm. its way. I almost don't want to even mix this with tonic. I want to keep this almost like a gin fizz level sort of. We also set in a groni, which obviously is a heavy mixed drink, but mm-hmm. it's very versatile. But man, I love gin that I can sip and mix with. And that doesn't happen very often. No, you and don't it's... sit around and sip seagrams? Oh, no. <laughs> bumpy. We used to call it bumpy <laughs> face. Oh, God. I'm almost We used to call it bumpy face. It is a bumpy bottle. The, bu- the bumpy bottle? Bumpy face yeah. gin? Um, I broke out in on seven, uh, Seagram 7 gin or Seagram's gin. Um, I broke out in hives after drinking wow. that when I was like 19. I threw up 
custard and then broke out in hives for two days. So if that doesn't tell you something. Huh. That's a quality um, You're product. a nightmare just slamming eclairs and gin together. That's right. I drank the gin <laughs> through an eclair after I sucked out the filling. <laughs> I used two eclair straws. So something you didn't mention that I want to mention, everybody, is even though we sh- you, this is so refined, we don't want to mix it. I think it mixed super well in any of the things we're mm-hmm. talking about. There is a definitely a, a really... More mild citrus character in the background, like lime. It's a lot more sweet, almost like lime candy. Bobby mentioned earlier that there might have been lime leaves used in mm-hmm. the, kefir, which will give it kind of kefir. The, kefir leaves are used in in gin. Nice, yeah, but that regular. lime is very prevalent on my palate. Like I love that, li- and but it's subtle. It's no, and like, I just we, noticed yeah. it actually says lime right on the fucking front of the. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, and well, uh, we don't we don't read here. And uh, Sancho peppers, San, Sancho peppers, Sancho. Yeah. Um, yuzu, which I don't know what that is. Yuzu is a citrus. Sort. No, yuzu is a Japanese citrus. Very expensive. They look like tiny little lemons. Right. Um, they're highly prized for its cooking application. But okay. Yuzu, yuzu is a highly hyper-sweetened lemon. Okay. There, and there it starts go. off with the top three. I mean, these are, I find a gin that doesn't have angelica, coriander, and right. juniper. The Trinity. You know I mean? The Trinity. Those, yeah. I mean, yeah. and then it goes into Sensha, the Yuzu, Shisho, Shiso Leaf. Yeah. Shiso Leaf. Which I'm, you're very familiar with. I've but. come up with a new name for this thing. This is the Toyota Supra of gins. <laughs> Do you want to know why? Yeah. The Toyota Supra is back, by the way, if you haven't seen it. It's a dope ass sports car, but it's a dope ass sports car that Toyota makes in conjunction with. BMW. So this is something very sleek, refined in Japanese with some help from the British. Okay. Ooh, fair I enough. like that. Um, the, one, the one little outlier thing they do in their distillation, I don't know how many times it's been distilled. I would imagine three, four times if I had to pick. I had to However, um, the thing that they do that's different at this distillery, it's the, what is it called? The Kyo, Kaikyo uh, distillery. Um, what they do a little bit differently is they do a vacuumed distillation, which is the same thing they do in perfumeries. Um, So what that does is it basically doesn't allow for anything to escape during the distillation process. There's no vapor escape. So everything that's in there that they start with, they finish with, which makes it uh, probably a little bit more interesting after they dilute it and bring it down in ABV uh, at the end of its process. I don't know what they dilute up to, Mm, um, or uh, I don't know what it's coming off the distillation at, and they've got to water back down. But um, it's absolutely lovely. The reason I said I know I wouldn't want to mix it because a lot of those little tiny uh, elements and dynamics in it would be lost as soon as it hit something else. Not that it Agreed. wouldn't be bad. If you did a gin and tonic with this, it would be fantastic. I just it's so fun to see the nuance and the 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 skill. Yeah, um, and, so. and what did you pay for it? Speaking, uh, of- this is a thirty dollar bottle, man. Fuck super yeah, super buy. Fuck I mean, you. Dude. Yeah, this was uh, from our friends over at Wagon Wheel. Oh. A wagon wheeler. I got, <laughs> sorry, I had to do one more time. Um, before we wrap up the liquor, should uh, do we want to yeah, buzz Carol? And... Carol. Hey, Care Bear. Yes, sex machine. I, oh, I miss you. Um, <laughs> I was just wondering, we're doing this 135 degrees east Hyogo gin, and I was wondering if you had found anything in your research. Not quite yet, but I can bring it up right now. Just give me a sec. Here's a little bit about the distiller. Kimio Yonazawa has always enjoyed pushing his limits and creating new styles of spirits for over 30 years, driven by a boundless curiosity. The result of this drive is a delicate fusion of influences combining the region's unique climate and the Yonazawa family's passion for detail. Oh, thanks, Biscuit. You're welcome, Cookie. 
Oh, you guys are getting real too familiar. For I'm, me. I, 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 it's starting to worry you me. You have to. I would say you'd have to report this to. You have to go to HR. And to, but she is also She's kind of HR. HR. Yeah. So and I, she write a report I to herself. Guarantee you, Carol's texting your ex girlfriend right now. Having <laughs> having been at a job where I slept with the HR girl. <laughs> yeah. I know the complications that do arise. That's a that's a key. Of course, way. you. Of course, in the great Bobby dossier, Bobby's like, "Hey, dude, I you cut off, you cut off the snake at the head, brother. You sleep with I the HR, and um, now nothing can go wrong." By the way, True. where's the accountability lie in that situation? Yeah. With her. am I at fault? Clearly. It's a hundred percent clearly her. with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Very unprofessional. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, lovely at thirty bucks, sweet lord. So this Cannot is get enough. This is it. ten twelve dollars less than. Hendrix. Yep. Um, this is probably around. This is probably around the same price as regular Bombay mm-hmm. or uh, Sapphire, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this is a buy. Very, very good product. If you're a gin fan, pick it up. You have no excuses. No excuses. Johnny, Johnny. <laughs> I love you, Johnny. I'll you, raise Jenny. your AIDS, baby. <laughs> AIDS, baby. Wow. Now that you fucked everybody and left me in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Opening up for Marjorie Taylor Opening Green, up for AIDS Mar- baby. <laughs> oh God, there's, Mar- there's nothing I like better than a timely Forrest Gump impersonation. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, you had the Jesus. Marty Feldman fucking reference. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't fucking impersonate him. Uh, Although I could. Uh, I gotta say, I'm. <laughs> He's fucking, gonna be very popular. I cannot look at that bitch fucking Marjorie Taylor Green on TV anymore because it looks like she went into like a medical aesthetics place and was like, "Hey, can you guys do something about this and give me Stone Cold Steve Austin's neck?" Um, no, she's 100% an Easter Island statue that someone stuck on top of a yeah. really boxy body. Yeah. And uh, um, did you guys, before we get going on to this nightmare, um, she there's a video of her and she's giving a speech and behind her is a cutout, a standee of President Trump. Former president. Former president Trump. She reaches behind her, puts her hand on the standee's cock, and starts groping it. Okay. Uh huh. No, this is out there. This is a real fucking thing. And then talking to the crowd that she obviously heard her people. For sure. You know, it was sort of a troglodyte Q meeting. Yeah. Right. You know, of some, course. Yeah. It wasn't fucking Mensa. No, that's for goddamn sure. <laughs> uh, it's um, yeah, although she, James wow. Woods was there. He was the lone Mensa. Yeah, he was member. The, the lone Mensa member. He was. She was making allusions to you know, well, fucking Trump. He, and, uh, you know, yeah. James Woods was there, but his dick was still at yeah. standby at the airport. We'll post. Yeah. Um, we'll post it on, it on the. On so if you ever the... see Marjorie Taylor Green at the beach and her whole backside is orange, but the front isn't, you'll know that went down. <laughs> Um, dude, this thing has been, I mean, unfortunately it's dominated the news cycle yep. between that and the, uh, my pillow guys, new documentary, which I cannot wait to see. I want to know how uh, many minutes are dedicated to his crack addiction. Cause if it's over 30, I'm in. No, no, no. This is, cl- this is all about the people that are suing him, which makes it even oh, better. Okay. So this yeah. is all about the dominion voting machines and you know, Russia and Jew lasers. And they're it, getting it so great. quick with these documentaries. Uh, they're awesome. coming out like, well, no, he produced his own and nobody would air it except like <laughs> OAN or something. But, I can't wait to see it. However, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the the good news, or I guess the, the, the good news is they've kicked her off the committee 
uh, her educational uh, committee posting. Education so, and labor. Education and labor. So luckily, the lady that denied Parkland and Sandy Hook is now no longer on the education but, committee. But she um, made a speech that said that was the past and that was a different see, version the of problem, the, the The problem is this. Number one, you said this as early as a year and a half ago. Yeah. I don't know how much uh, concrete change can, can happen in a person's life in that much time. When you have deep-seated hatreds and lunacy like that, it doesn't change over overnight has mm. to go through a lot of psychoanalysis but the thing that kind of i'm glad that 11 republicans voted uh to remove her i think she should obviously be censured i think she should be expelled that's not going to happen without a super majority yeah. we talked about yep. so that that's going to take thirds that would 66 percent yeah, um yeah, it's so it's uh, nearly impossible the, the thing at the end of the day that really concerns me it's not having a wacko in congress with yeah that's we've always had wackos in congress they just haven't been this much this outspoken but they've been there. Don't get me wrong. We've had white supremacists. We've had, trust me, they, they've been there the whole time. Thing that really concerns me is how the Republicans, after seeing the after seeing the thorough ass whooping that they took mm-hmm. uh, during the election cycle, starting in 2018, actually, um, seeing the ass kicking that they've had based on their policies, are so scared of losing Trump's base yep. that they they even if they caught you on video shooting a baby in the head, mm-hmm. they would come up with a way to make it okay. Okay for themselves. Was to, the baby can, armed? Yeah, Did right. Did the baby exactly. have a have a weapon? No, it was just black. Um, but but you know, so it was okay. <laughs> so um, but no, that's that he's telling from their perspective. Yeah, exactly. No, okay. I know, but it <laughs> still, still makes me <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> to break out yeah. their sweat. Good, it's a good point you bring up because they. It seems like they completely refuse to lose Trump's base because they've already losing so much that they're they're afraid of rather than reaching across the aisle and getting more voters that were on the fence or maybe that are you know more right leaning Democrats or something. They are so scared of losing this base that they can't see the future. And the future isn't that base. The future isn't pandering to them because those people are, A, going to die in the next 20 years, a lot of the old fucks, or B, eventually are going to lose steam once they realize, finally, that this is all a bunch of bullshit that they were... Well, we thought that would have happened on the 8th. Um, unfortunately, right? it, it doesn't didn't. happen that quick. So QAnon moved the goalpost again and said, oh, what we meant to say was he's not the real president because there's only been 19 real presidents because that's when the actual Constitution was finished. Um, so on March 4th, Trump's going to get put back in the office and they'll they'll do the same thing that Christian pastors do when they predict uh, doomsday. They just move the goalpost. We were saved by the Lord's well, light. And speaking of moving the goalpost, and I will die on this fucking hill. I think the only reason that that party is even fucking relevant and something else hasn't happened has is gerrymandering and redistricting and voter suppression. There has been one U.S. president to win the popular vote from the Republican Party in the last 32 years years or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. One. And that was one. Bush, W? Yeah. Yep. He won yep. a popular vote. Yep. And he only was around for four years, though. They got him the fuck out real quick. And it's getting worse and worse. Oh, I mean, they're losing by bigger and bigger well, margins. Yep. They're, they're, you know? Luckily, like there's Gore a, won the popular vote. 100%. Yes. You know, you know, I mean, and he arguably won the electoral And he arguably won the electoral college, right? You're, you're 100% right. The thing that, like I said, the, the only good thing that I think can come of this is the acknowledgement that this is transpiring. And there are, there are grassroots movements in every red state to uh, stop redistricting and stop mm-hmm. gerrymandering and it's stop the brought, filibusters the biggest one uh, well i hope they can that's another super that'll, majority situation that'll 
cut the legs. I know which won't happen either. Obviously, um, what they what what we really need to have happen would be great. Would be for Puerto Rico and Washington D.C. to to be considered their own states, and that mm-hmm. way we would never oh. lose the Senate again. Uh, that being said, I, it's very concerning to me that the party that I considered because we got to be honest, man. The right is the right. What people don't. <sighs> They, they constantly, constantly say radical left, radical left, radical left. If you look at the history of politics and where everything lies, the Democrats right now are center right. Yeah. They're not left. They're not left. At least the ones, in power. The ones the in power. The ones in power, the voters exactly. are both. No, no, no. I, I think most voters lean left. That's obvious. Popular vote wise, obviously. But I think uh, from a policy standpoint, man, they're very hawkish. Um, they love them some corporations. They're anything but leftists. They both, both sides it, worship so, the military and uh, give them unlimited 100%, resources. A hundred percent. So it's like when we talk about left and right, it's far right and center right. That's our two parties that we're dealing with right now. And I hope Trump comes up with the Patriot Party. It would do nothing but splinter the Republicans, then they would That'd never win another fucking election again. Be, it would end the GOP. And you know what? It would Perot. end them. And you know what? Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck at this point. He's more about him and his brand. So if he can do the Patriot Party thing and it helps him out, he doesn't give a fuck if it destroys everybody who had their mouth wrapped around his dick 100%. for the last four years. Well, if you're trying to find his dick, Marjorie. Um, it's all about hand positioning. <laughs> you can't spread your fingers too far. I think you need to get a. I think you need to get a hog to root out some fucking truffles. Yeah. That's what yeah. I think. Because according to everybody else, he's got a little fucking cremini down there, dude. He's got a shiitake fucking rocking down there. Dude. And if so, and if she ends up, I need up, a weed whacker. If somehow <laughs> she, by some fucking miracle she does get booted out, we know that she has a career. She could definitely star in a biopic about China from the WWE, or at least be the neck double oh i see what you're saying i see where you're going with that because I, I she looks like a large man i think it's weird that we have a congresswoman whose head was carved by aliens on an island <laughs> <laughs> proven carved proven by aliens carved by aliens. i, I know i talked to her because she it's probably her, her own theory between the two of us we could get find some middle ground because my eyes way too far apart hers alarmingly close together no. yeah yeah like, maybe if you had a kid you'd look normal <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, that fucked no. up neck and those eyes. I'm going to Jewish space laser that fucking thing off your fucking nose. I, this, is the con- this is the conspiracy theory I'm prepared to lay out. I've been doing my research. Uh, if I if my documents are correct that I have in my possession. You have no documents. You shut your mouth, Moriarty. If I have my documents, or I can suss out the proof of this. It will be proven that the Jewish space lasers made Gal Gadot. Ooh. That's number one. Okay. First of all, I'm on board. Are you, are go, you go, on, so go on. Go on. Uh, go on. <laughs> um, not only was she made by the lasers, she controls the lasers. Actually, if there's a human female that's made by aliens, it's probably it's probably Gal Gadot. It's definitely not Kristen Wiig. She was created on a whole different plane of she's existence. She's the Toyota Supra of people. Or she's <laughs> wow. wow. Was, I'm going to keep using that. Was that was alarming. Hey, dude, sorry. I went. I got it. I got. I went and traded in and got a new car and had to sit next to this Toyota Supra and I was just looking at it and how I'll never fit in a car like that. And never going to afford a car like that. So I'm a little obsessed with the Supra. Okay? It's a useless car in this town. Of course. Uh, but uh, yeah, MTG is. Uh, it's so funny because they're trying to like they're trying to build this really horrible narrative mm-hmm. not to mention i mean it's bad enough that these people can't grab their balls and do what's right even when it's right in front of them but now we've gotten to a point where they're actually trying to fucking make her and generate a narrative like she's she's our aoc <laughs> now listen just because she has three letters <laughs> that you can call her by they're trying to drive this narrative like this is our answer to aoc who does nothing but just makes sense 
Yeah. Um, she does nothing but do good policy and make sense and, and, and defend correct Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene's spelling, which Dude, I fucking oh, love. Which is wonderful. That was so which is good. wonderful. Now, also with that, speaking of AOC, the fact that these motherfuckers are trying to the the conspiracy theory going around the hashtag we were talking about even sean was like holy shit did you hear aoc didn't actually wasn't in the riot or see that there was like that headline dude i'm telling you now we are just with it's gone to the point of oh my god aoc killed all the unicorns that's why there's no unicorns anymore it's choking those fuckers out we've gotten breaking the the horn off no mtg could choke out a unicorn dude she's got fucking guns she's the only Um, person i've ever seen wrap her neck around somebody else's neck and choke them out with it weird yeah i'd like to see that but no it's she funny. has that thickness that's there that, <laughs> come on get up get down with the thickness you fucking is, get up why is disturbed <laughs> like, in every episode of ours? every fucking episode it's really gross i was about to i say hate she was like no. bam bam bigelow <laughs> oh my god i love it with the head tat the with flame the head, head tattoo yes um that's the hilarity of where the right is right now is the fact that they think this is the answer to AOC on their side. She's never recited a single piece of policy she's been involved with. There's been no substantive conversation with her about anything. Um, literally nothing she has put out has been constructive to anything. And then to compare her to somebody like AOC who's done nothing but fucking hit home runs since she's Mm -hmm. been in Congress. Maybe you don't need to agree with all of her platforms, but like she's, she cares. Even Mitch McConnell called her a fucking psycho. You know, yeah. like, but not, but he's all, but, but that's know, how, that's, that's how them. strong the Trump base is, is the fact that Trump called Marjorie Taylor Greene and gave her his fucking blessing. And she uses that. She weaponized that. And now the Republican party's scared to death of her because she's got daddy Trump behind her. Well, we she, are in a new fucking universe. She made them. This is the last thing I'll say about yeah. it. All. Um, she made the comment, I think a few days ago that make no mistake this republican party is trump's party and will be oh, yeah. in the foreseeable future you know which i think is obviously scary and intimidating and gross but fuck yeah i would love for you fucking idiots to adopt that platform and live in this fantasy world that you guys have crafted like this is their whole platform is fan fiction mm-hmm. it's for fucking sure. made up bullshit for sure so live in that cuz eventually the more you're, I mean, the more you're in power and the more people are out there talking and the, I mean, we've, we're seeing it already. They are going to become irrelevant and hopefully God willing, maybe some sort of old school fucking Republican party will come out and just say, no, you know what? Actually, we're going to fucking take back over some guy in a bow tie with you a know? straw hat and fucking pants hiked up. Why to not? His tits. Right. Yeah. Uh, give me that old Republican. Well, they, they've got to, those people still have to exist somewhere. They're just so scared to death right now. They're and terrifying. eventually, eventually they've got a, you're right. There has to be a groundswell and a grassroots uprising of old school GOPers that are going to be like, okay, guys, we've had enough. This isn't going to take place anymore. We've got to let the adults back in the room on our mm-hmm. side. You guys, you guys ran us into the ground. You lost us all three branches of government. Thank you. Yeah. Can we get back to the business of doing business? I mean, if you go point? back and listen to like old transcripts, of fucking like 1986 McLaughlin group, fucking yeah. shit, oh my God, where Republicans are arguing and, and they sound like Democrats. Yeah. Like those 100%. guys were not, 
this party well, at all. They are Democrats considered now. Yeah, Let's yeah, be honest sure. with it. That's exactly where they are at Turn the moment. Turn your phone off, Aaron. Everybody Show some respect. Everybody should know. Uh, so in respect other news, if we want to talk about, we've got a little bit more time Go here ahead. for the body. So if, if we wanted to move on to something different. Did you guys hear this just came out? But I want to get your guys' thoughts on this because it's an interesting, it's a it's a political, but not political. It's more economic, but slash political. You guys know back in the days, there used to be basically corporate run towns, right? Yeah. Okay, so like that would mean a corporation would not only hire people, they would uh, pay for, they would build housing for them, mm-hmm. they would own the stores they went to, they would own everything. So essentially, you've got these these corporations creating their own basic governments. So recently, this just happened in Nevada. The mayor of Las Vegas is actually what they're trying to do, and they signed actually an order. What they're trying to do is do that again in Nevada to bring new technology. So, you're, and in the fucking in the fucking paperwork that they saw that they were bringing forth, it actually says, and they get to create their own government. So you're going to have like, say an Apple, build a town, employ people, take money directly out of their checks to live, to eat. They're basically um, providing their entire lives in a, in this little microcosm. And not only that, like who's going to do the law enforcement and jail people. They didn't make any spec uh, specificities for that. So like, are we talking about wow. like Westworld? Like, kind of. like, are we talking about like to give people some perspective, though, the, the old school version of this would be like and it never a manufacturer worked, by the way. like goes and builds something. And then everybody in that they might have had some housing there beforehand. But for the most part, they build it all out and they put pay more, rent to the company and they, they pay, pay rent their groceries yeah, because the, the company, company owns they, the land. Right. Now, a more modern version of this that we've seen is something like how much of, of Seattle is Amazon where you have them. They have whole buildings for their that like. But it's so just you never a have to leave. You never have to leave. They have a food court in there. They have like their but you shopping can stuff you, you just can. don't have to yes but this new thing i want a little bit more detail so where are they going to do this on the outskirts of las vegas uh, they're, on thinking, they're, think they're basically no it's going to be basically they're going to buy all of the land and be left to their own like sovereign devices so the government so wait who's gonna scary bro who's we're talking about workers rights right now who's gonna buy it That's, though I'm, i mean everybody from a, I, I there i mean they were throwing names around like mcdonald's like i mean they're throwing around major corporations i mean obviously you got to put in amazon and google and they're going to be interested in so something like that. So they're in their request for a proposal phase and they're asking some they're asking basically telling companies they're, who wants to buy all of Vegas and well, make it your they're corporate basically land. Dereg- they're basically offering a, 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 a f- immediate deregulation. They're saying if you come here this is what we're going to do for you. You can do whatever you want. How's that? In lieu of paying taxes, by the way. So there wouldn't be local they would so still you be in a county be taxes. so they'd be the county laws would still apply. No. They would have their own sovereign fucking towns, bro. Yeah, but no, it's still not sovereign. No, I'm telling the federal law at the very least. No, no, they have to abide. Everybody has to abide by federal law. But within the context of a state, they can states can do whatever the fuck they want to do in the state. Now, does that mean the federal government will cut off funding and stuff? That's a different story. Yep. That's always an, a thing. But what they're saying is they want to create these opportunities for fucking new business to come in and basically Wait, create Vegas West fucking for crushes it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. What the fuck no, is it's the, the state, plus for that? Vegas is, by the way, lost their ass last year because of fucking of COVID. Of course. Yeah. But um, th- Nevada obviously is not just Las Vegas. So yeah. what they're looking for is to generate new streams of revenue for the state because honestly, Nevada's a 
broke ass state. Outside mm. of Vegas County, that state sucks. Yeah, ever been to um, Reno? Yes. I make the biggest I little it. mistake of your life. Well, dude, I my band played Reno several times and we had f- so much fun because everybody stays up for days on end. And yes. I won't tell you how. I wonder why. <laughs> it's so weird. Well, you know, these RFPs are probably being answered by Scorpio from The Simpsons. <laughs> season eight, season episode eight, one. Check I like season it. eight. Because yeah. <laughs> um, that was exactly the premise Pretty much. of that whole situation is the Simpsons left Springfield to go live in this manufactured town mm-hmm. that Scorpio, who turned out to be a James Bondy supervillain. Oh, my God. By the way, one of the greatest episodes of television it's pretty good. one can ever watch. It's definitely top 10 for The Simpsons. 100%. Definitely. The thing is, we've tried this before. It didn't work. It ended up in having workers' rights fucking basically yeah. dissolved. And if the, It's a if very the, scary proposition. The company, and if the company just wants to bail and leave everybody there with no resources, no infrastructure, they can. Um, and then you're going to have something like what happened in Flint, Michigan, when all of the fucking car manufacturers got out of there. Except worse, because they're all dependent on them for not just their paycheck, Every little thing, every single Water, thing, the fucking hospital, power, the hospital. Think about it. Like, not only is the company paying you for your service, so you're generating profit for them as a worker, but they're also taking a profit from your building that you live in, from the food that you eat, from the services that you choose to employ. It's an insane. So you're talking about an indentured town, almost, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Come to Indentureville, and, you know and you know what the saddest part about that is, guys, is the fact that considering our current fucking economic cycle that we're in right now with COVID they would have a line of people ready to sign their lives away because people are so desperate right now. We're oh, so it's a timing. It's a definitely about an it, man. opportunist, think about it. a corporate opportunist, like if evil Scorpio kind of thing. If you've been on. unemployed for eight months and you're fucking living on WIC and you're living on non-existent stimulus checks and somebody goes, hey, I'm going to pay you 70 grand a year to do what you used to do. And we're, we have a house for you already. Your kids have a school. You're going to be yeah. like, I, By the way, I say no. We're taking sixty-five of that out of your check before. Well, yeah, because but you get everything. Yeah, but yeah, it's like Sweden. It's like so Sweden. It's, it's indentured. So All it's right, like, before I take this job, one thing. This is very important. Will there be a water slide? There's <laughs> got to be a water. You pack. give me a fucking water slide, I'll water suck pack. that corporate dick. Uh, but no, very interesting. I saw that today, and I was like, wow, that fucking smells janky as fuck. It's. Upsetting. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me, but it's janky as And fun. the crazy thing is, is because of how our government is set up, it is totally legal to do that shit, which is a problem. States rights, brother. Um, and, oh, and then the other fun thing real quick, just before we end um, this and get into our, I, I don't even know if we have a sponsor this week. I haven't talked to Care Bear, but uh, apparently Biden's administration is now trying to track down 18 million doses of the vaccine. Apparently, they've lost it. Uh, Trump said it was shipped to states. They have no record of it. They don't know any warehousing. They don't know what condition it's in, and they don't know where it's at. They've been spending the last several weeks trying to hunt down. Um, now, there's two million that are in because when every time you do something this big, there's always kind of a layover and a delay of information because it's such a huge operation. But they literally, they didn't give Trump's administration, gave them no idea where to track down 18 million doses 18 of vaccine. Million. Someone should talk to uh, Jimmy Conway or yeah, right. possibly <laughs> Henry V. Hill. Yeah. Henry Hill. <laughs> you know, Henry Hill. That's his name. Henry. My uh, theory, the fucking, my yeah. theory, they accidentally got delivered to the Ride Hard Saloon in Bradenton, Florida, and they thought they the were Ride those, Hard. They, they, thought, they, they, they were thought they were, yeah, they, no, they uh. thought they were those like uh, syringe shots. And they just started fucking knocking shot, them back. Shot, 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 shot. Oh, shout out to Bradenton. Shout out to Tig, right? 
Yeah. Should we shout out the old Tigger? I think so. Our buddy yeah? Tig apparently grew up five minutes from Bradenton. Five minutes south of Bradenton. And demanded that Bobby send him the video file, not just like the link to the video, the file, because he is going to, quote, make it go viral. Now, Bradenton viral is a different kind of viral. Yeah. Now, it's not literally viral because they've been just taking shots of fucking vaccine that got delivered. Uh, yeah, maybe it all went to Bradenton. There's a lot of viruses running around. <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> most, of them, most of them start with an H. And yeah. half of them look like Tig. <laughs> and end in a V. HIV. <laughs> HPV. <laughs> the hippie. Oh, the man. hip hop. The hippie did the hippie did the hip hop. <laughs> uh, guys. We should say we're sorry to Bradenton. Yeah, sorry, Bradenton. You know well, what? Because we're not, I actually, Carol talked to me about how okay. we didn't have a sponsor, and I, th- I oh. had an idea. I thought maybe we could do a little something. Okay. Okay. Well, what what do you think you're doing, guys? What do we got, you'll, buddy? You'll, you know what? Let's take a break for a second, and then we'll come back. So, instead of selling our mid-episode airtime to some sponsor, we wanted to take a moment to reflect and tell you how we really feel. You know that one restaurant we made fun of way back when? They're actually great people, and their menu is fantastic. We are so sorry for what we said. And just to let you know, my $38 lobster roll at the Billy Goat was delightful. That's really kind of you, Sean. Bradenton. Bradenton, Florida. We have zero problem with you guys. And last week was just a hilarious shot over your bow, I guess, for no reason. But if you guys want some smoke, we're right fucking here. Yeah, honestly, I was never mad at Bradenton, but... As long as we're on the subject and we're airing our dirty laundry, I'm actually a little bit mad at you guys. No, Bobby, this is this is the time where we're kind of apologizing for, you know, other people. No, 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 no. Fuck that. Honestly, Sean, you don't get to tell me how I'm feeling right now. Let me feel my feelings. Well, well I, I don't understand. Are we bullshit again? Well, are we going to cry about some shit? Are we just gonna I guess let's go back and start this again f- because Captain Drama needs to fucking. Well, yeah, I don't think you need to be a fucking dick and start calling people names in the middle of the fucking podcast. You I'm know? not calling you anyone just, names. I'm well, just saying you, that. This fucking idiot is calling people names. Sean is the worst friend since Deadly Friend. Well, If it wasn't for me, you guys don't have a fucking podcast. I do all this fucking work. I do it hours every fucking week and you don't give a fuck. Bobby, let's be honest. You're fucking ungrateful, dude. Can we just be fucking honest and clear? If we're going to say this, you're an ungrateful piece of shit and I'm tired of it. I'm fucking tired of it. That's understandable, dude, but like, you're like the opposite of Dorian Gray. Oh, jeez. That's fucked up, man. You know, I don't know why we're getting on this fucking tact. It's ridiculous. Fucking Sean, I can't pick up a goddamn thing at TJ Maxx because this fucking asshole bought every graphic tee that's ever gone through that fucking place. <laughs> I swear to God, if it's under $10, this fuck dick will wear it. I swear to God. Why would you attack? I, some of us don't have enough money to buy stuff like retail prices. How many fucking Captain America shield shirts do you have? <laughs> Two. Fuck fun. you, Bobby. I get dirty looks on the street because of this podcast because I can't walk two blocks without running into somebody you fucked and then made angry and afterwards. thank God I have a girlfriend because if I was single, who else am I going to fuck that you haven't fucking creamed all over? Your DNA's walking around Durango fucking for the last fucking eight years. I can't date a single person in this fucking town. It's like we're Mormon Eskimo brothers. Hey, Sean, while you're working on in your treadmill for the last three years, do you got a naked picture of Vincent D'Onofrio above you to fucking give you inspiration? Kind of. You know, we could just fucking all step outside and fucking handle this right now. Why the fuck do we need to go outside? I'm good right here. Well, fucking take off your headphones then, big boy. We fucking handle the candle right now, fucker.
Well, I mean, that felt good to be able to kind of voice all of our, like, you know, gripes to each other. And I'm sorry that, if, you know, a couple punches landed that, yeah, I was, you know. You gave me a fucking tiger uppercut from Street Fighter, dude. Yeah. Well, and you expect I mean, me to just be all right with it. Dog, I'm a fucking kid of the 80s, brother. If, you, if I can't give you a fucking tiger, viper, if I can't do that shit, brother, then I'm, I'm up to no good. I was impressed that Sean could lunge down far enough to punch me right in my dick. <laughs> Reverse Superman punch. You know, I was I, impressed. The I didn't whole think time. he could it do it, but for him to ball up like Blanca and launch himself across the room <laughs> was really impressive for a man of his size. I got it the really good was. PCP. That only the good PCP. That good dust, homie. So let's get to uh, the lack of voicemails. We hey. don't have any voicemails, but if you would like to send us a voicemail, you can call us at 970-426-5344. Insurrection. <laughs> Nine seven zero four two six five three four four. You can leave us a voicemail there, or you can shoot us a text. You can hit us up via email at whiskeyreel at gmail.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at whiskeyreel. Now we don't have a voicemail, but what we do have is some communication via text that came from one of our listeners, Nick. Oh, interesting. Um, so Nick. Oh, oh, yeah, Nick reached out. If you listen to the after credits of a few episodes back when we, or a couple episodes back when we did hipster jams, one of our like lineorama things was that we said hipster jams. Nick and Lucas love it, um, and we're talking about Nick and Lucas who both worked at El Moro and friends of ours. Um, and Nick just sends us a text message randomly one night that says, "I don't listen to hipster music, you repugnant carbuncle." And I was like, "Dude, you're a hipster. You only hipsters say repugnant carbuncle." Dude, like, I was gonna say that brand. my first thought was that is exactly what a hipster would say and his weird <laughs> fucking retro metal stuff that he fucking listens to i love it super fucking hipster get over it but you I like ghost ad dude you <laughs> fucking listen to hipster. Cool. that's what i'm saying it's like yeah. ambient background metal <laughs> if you're listening to opeth you're a fucking hipster dude, when you're fucking when you're <laughs> when you're jerking off feverishly to fucking deaf heaven you're a fucking hipster bro get over it yeah, settle down fuck are yeah. we doing like a Jeff Foxworthy thing here now? <laughs> Except instead well, of yeah. like, <laughs> you but, know. What? Uh, so later on in the text thread, uh, after a while, we don't have to share all the other stuff. But there was a point where he says, <laughs> "There's some stuff we should share." He says, "Also, <laughs> I know I'm late, but Sean is totally the last of the Blowheekins." <laughs> okay, and 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 can I give more context? So Sean goes, "Is that because I do a lot of cocaine, or that I'm a blowhard?" And I think Nick's response was like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> but I don't do cocaine, though. That's why I wanted to know because I'm not a cokey McCokerson. I talk that way, but sure. I don't. Imb- I don't uh, partake very often in the uh, the white girl. Have you ever done the one wing dove? No, the Stevie Nicks, the blow Dude. up your butthole. I, uh, my friend of mine, one time, I was spending at his house. He was nice enough to get a hooker for himself. And at three in the morning, when I was uh, ham boned and you told the story on the podcast did years I? ago, did I? Oh but we need God. to review it. Cause, well, yeah, we're talking let's about bring it back. we're talking about some blow cane. So I'm telling you what she did. She was a nurse. She got medical coke that was a a, a fucking cream. <sighs> So it was like medical cocaine. Light. It was even stronger than it wasn't lidocaine. It was literally like like cream based cocaine. And what she was doing was uh, taking a little dab do ya, and then throwing that right in her pooper shooter. She was fucking boofing. Uh, yeah. And then my medical friend grade. after afterwards, after they did their business to go. So, Aaron, if you want, like I paid for the time. So and so she came into the room and she was basically like itching and tweaking. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, and then she had, I think she had her finger in her butt. I'm not even kidding. Just sitting and there so with her finger in her butt. She's around in there. So she goes, so she goes, hey, Aaron, she, you know, was trying to elude, like, do you want to, you know, fool around? I was like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, 
Absolutely not. Uh, I'm all set. Yeah, I'm fine. By the um, way, side effects of fucking <laughs> blocane ointment are instant death. Instant death. Um, especially mucous membrane. So um, I will say, I don't want to put it out there, but I'll put it out there. I may have partaken. I may have tried. Did you go right up the I may, door I'll, number two? I'm not going to say anything incriminating, but all I'm going to say is <laughs> the fucking results may vary. Okay. <laughs> and the fight the side effects include um do not use if you're allergic to butt cocaine. Do you know how in cartoons how the calendar starts ripping off the wall and time is flying by? <laughs> um that's what butt cocaine does. You I fucking looney tuned my butthole. And calendars were flying by, sir. The hard part about butt cane is that <laughs> You can't determine whether or not you're allergic to it without doing it. Like, there's no test. No, no, you sir. Know, no, you shove you cocaine up your, your butt. butt. What are you going to do? Eat it like a savage? No. Can we move away from Mr. Tony Montanus I, over here? Because <laughs> we need to not talk about buck cocaine. Tony you weren't going to keep talking about buck cocaine, right? I, I mean, I was, yeah, I was definitely on no, the track. No, we're going down the. No, let's, uh, all right, more buck cocaine. No, let's move on. Going down the. Her- <laughs> <laughs> we're going to ride the Hershey Highway and fucking take it. Take who's, it to the who's, so, Okay, so I'll say one thing. I'm going to read one of Nick's texts. Okay. In response to the things that I was saying. Okay. Because, <laughs> fuck it, I'm just going to say it. Who cares? Who listens to this? Because it's weird in there because you and I will be responding to people without <laughs> identifying ourselves. Yeah, we're yeah. both identifying as the whiskey reel, yes. essentially. Um, so we talked about a woman and cocaine. And this was years ago, back when I did this shit. I don't do this anymore. Um, and I made the comment that, like, I've done cocaine off of every square inch of that woman's body. And she's five foot eleven. That's and a lot. Nick says, just make sure she doesn't lotion up first. Which I replied with, well, what I like to do is, man, I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah, you Same. are. So I said, uh, what you need to do is blow on her asshole for like 30 seconds before you apply it. Otherwise. <laughs> Otherwise. It gets tacky. It gets tacky. So Nick's response is, uh, yeah. Just before she launches a cloud of cocaine out of her ass into the air like Vesuvius for Bobby to grangeet through like a black <laughs> swan. <laughs> I believe it's grand jeté. I don't know how you... Okay, what? I'm just... I want to get your your ballerina right. I laughed harder That's at that. That's fucking funny. That's a like, great visual. That was... Yeah. Watching you Poetry. doing a fucking... Watching you do a Chris Farley like jump through a butt cocaine cloud... And just to any of my clients that might be listening to this podcast, <laughs> that, none of that ever happened. No, of course These not. are jokes. This, this is, is jokes. We do this for entertainment. These are jokes. Jokes. These are total entertainment. So um, another thing, uh, Foz, Andrew, Cameron Walter, Foz, our front range rep friend, uh, reached out to us on Facebook and said he's going to be shipping something to us. Um, so we're going to have an offering from him to have no idea what it is, but he's going to be oh. sending it to one of us, either you or me, Bobby. So uh, He's going to send it to you. And, okay. and I was just joking when I said send it to me. Well, because you put care of, and I was like, he was all fancy and proper with the actual addressing. Yeah. I care, believe you even put the last noise. four numbers of your zip code in there, too. Like, which, to make sure. By the way, when you're shipping to my house, you don't have to take care of it's my fucking house. And you don't have to <laughs> knock. You just go in. Let's move on to what we were watching. So we've been watching WandaVision and staying up on it. And last week, they pulled the curtain back quite a bit. And we got to see what was going on, sort of. And this week, they just went right ahead and shoved that giant Marvel dick right in our fucking mouths. And we loved it. Yep. <laughs> Enjoyed every moment. Loved it. Enjoyed every moment. Um, Bobby hasn't seen it. But... um. Nope. I will say, like, we're, I don't want to get too spoilery. Hopefully, you guys are watching it yourselves. Um, that being said, 
the, the most of the episode was a little bit what I'd consider benign. It, there wasn't a lot of reveals that I would have went that it was taking me aback. I think as at this point in the series, you're kind of figuring stuff out. You've kind of made your suppositions. You've, you've kind mm-hmm. of went, oh, okay, I get it. I see what's happening. And they kind of just enforced what you think you are. To a degree, know. I also think that they're, they're waiting to throw us a giant curveball. They're getting us to believe the things that they've planted seeds for, and then they're just going to turn around I, and a hundred percent. And like we, we pretty much are getting confirmation based on the last reveal that uh, this is a definitive uh, tool to get us into phase five. Mm-hmm. This is what's going to happen. This is, this is the launching pad for everything going forward, whether that might may or may not be fantastic Four, may or may not be X-Men. We already know they're doing an X-Men through like the new fran- the new Disney, you know, kind of adjunct shit. Yeah. It's we in know, pre-production. We know we're getting all of these things and they're using all of these wonderful shows. And I can't wait. We didn't even talk about all the little adjunct shows that they're doing on the side, dude. Like yeah. I can't wait to see Loki and fucking, you know, uh, winter soldier and Falcon. And oh, it's going to be so, and what's the, who's the, God damn it. I, I brain fart the fucking martial artist. Uh, Chi fucking uh, Shang-Chi Shang-Chi got it fucking lost it on that they're doing so much cool shit but this is going to be the launching pad for the rest of the movie franchise yeah. it looks like they're yeah they're bringing in all sorts of different people from different things I without getting too spoilery the, there is a character from a different universe essentially that gets brought in that blows everybody's mind away you're right that there's a lot of benign shit in that episode because they, they do a whole another sitcom episode right with about a third of it is showing you the outside so now we're getting the sitcom thing mixed with what's going on in the background and the 80s sitcom though was probably my favorite one because I actually grew up watching those and I have a softer spot than the old 50s and 60s they ones. They nailed it. They did like they a theme it. song for the show that they the were doing. The theme song in the opening where they did the was painting it, and shit. And it, was it was like based, a Family Ties it was opening. Full right? I, read, I read that. But they're, pains, but they're like showing like totally a baby like, vision that never existed and vision like <laughs> yeah, growing up <laughs> as vision. It was so fucking hilarious. Um, and then awesome. now I'm starting to realize that each of those stupid commercials that they've been doing is talking about something that's happened in yes. Wanda's life. Mm. And it was no more um it was no more put on display than in this last episode where they did uh it was a paper towel that that cleans up oh little messes that didn't really matter and it's oh called lagos and you're like the lagos city that got she, destroyed she blew up the building on accident yeah. in lagos in yeah. captain america civil war and so it's like wait a second in her head yeah. is she trying to put it away like we're seeing we're also starting to see wanda become more like is she the big bad like is she going bad well i i don't i think she's obviously struggling with what happened uh you know pre-blip and post-blip this is her way of coping the thing that's really impressive and we knew this it's the same thing that we talked about with captain marvel about like do you guys realize how powerful she is i don't think anybody understands how powerful scarlet witch well, becomes and who she is and i was this, about to say scarlet Witch is this is an indicator a, of it, has this never episode. been used in the mcu we've never right? heard her called scarlet which yep. and from what I've read, this is the first time that we've acknowledged they're working towards that that the Scarlet Witch thing exists and that the, her powers are called. So I, I instinctively you did, you did, did it. I instinctively hands. did the hand thing. Um, hexing. Yes. yes. 
Well, and, and so in this episode, Homegirl from Thor is nicknamed her this anomaly the hex because it's a hex that it's because the dome and the things those anomalies have a hexagonal shape so she's calling it the hex and so you can already see them starting to build the story arc Mm -hmm. so so brilliantly so cool and and you know whatever dude you know we're shameless shills for Marvel we've already admitted that I get it it's stupid dumb sophomoric crap that everybody it's not it's very well done and it's very serious the acting's solid so it's not like not, what we used to remember they is made a, they keep just crushing it and making it le- super legit they content make these, and like, great stories. They make these little like side note comments of shit like talking about Carol Danvers and you see like uh, Rimbo's like fucking uh, yeah, Rimbo's like fucking uh, a reaction to it. They're putting in these little Easter eggy things. They alluded to Fastic, uh, Fantastic Four, by the way, in this episode as well. Mm. Um, there's a lot of fucking fun stuff happening. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, COVID fucking be damned. Hopefully we can get down to some fucking super big marveling because the next 20 years of our lives are going to consist of fucking... It this looks like they're saving... They've, they've been able to save quite a bit of money with the sitcom angle. I mean, building those new sets for each one, but they're still... They're facade-style sets that they used back in the day, so they're not super expensive. They're waiting to spend all the money. Like, you're starting to see more effects you know come what? out, but there's going to be the last two, three episodes of this show this season are going to be fucking insane. Do you know what they've been spending money on in this? It's not the visual effects. It's actors. Oh, to get them to pull All them they're doing is just yeah. getting banging actors from every part of the industry to come because everybody wants to do Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got Randall in it. They've got fucking uh, the, the the neighbor friend in it. They've got all these... Uh, like, Dame Judi Dench popped up as the invisible girl. That's what he's talking about for, uh, Christ. for Fantastic Four. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> like Bobby Adam, Bobby's like, that him. bitch does not belong. I was looking at Sean like... fucking heart attack. I just RCA dog Sean. Right? I was like, what? <laughs> You know what the most interesting thing for me about her powers that I didn't think I realized is they start explaining. They're like, okay, so her power, as far as they knew, was making people hallucinate and see these things. And they're like, no, actually, everything in this that she's created is actually solid matter. Like the the clothing. It's not they an illusion. The clothing. It's not an illusion. The kids are real. Yeah. Vision well, is alive, but they don't know how. When, when Scarlet Witch was first introduced when I was a kid and she was in the Avengers and all that shit, her powers were always described as being she alters probabilities probabilities and so she makes the improbable happen but she can't create something out of nothing but that's why she, she can fly that's why she could like it's improbable that she can fly so she just flies oh uh, okay I see what you're saying so she her does her power little fucking is, yeah. and she can fly without There's, any kind of intricate process she can just make something like uh, I'm gonna have a, two twins with my yes fucking android right. you know vibranium boyfriend you know what makes sense right it's pretty improbable that it's improbable she could have a baby with someone that doesn't yeah. generate and, 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 spermatozoa and, and, and mm-hmm. what they're nice nice word Bobby I love that um, what they were what they were uh, expert what they're kind of alluding to it seems at least in the series is that she basically can manipulate matter that's what they're alluding to and they talked about it in this episode how like um, just as a brief spoiler, it's not a big deal, but it just, it proves the point. Uh, the, the Rambo went in, Monica Rambo went in wearing a bulletproof vest. Then what happened was as she was in part of the sitcom, she had clothing. 
as it turns out, when she came back out, that clothing was still on her. They shot a bullet at it and it fucking squashed the bullet and dropped. So they, they analyzed it and now her pants were 75% Kevlar. Mm-hmm. So what she did is manipulate the vest and made clothing yeah. out of it. So it's not something from nothing. Yeah. She's manipulating matter. And yeah, making it whatever she wants to, and then another, she wants to. Another clever device yeah, right after really that was, cool. is there we're going, okay, so everything that we send in there gets like either broken or she Wanda-sized. finds- Wanda-sized. Well, yeah, Wanda-sized essentially. But they went, what if we send something in from the era that it's in there so they don't know it? So they find this old 80s drone and send it in there. And she eventually catches it, but it takes a while. Like, so now they're starting to figure it. out how to like break through into this thing. It's so, so she, They're like, so. well, what if we send an 80s drone into the 80s and she couldn't pick it up? At yeah. first, because yeah. it was it, it was in She's fucking in. theme. It's in her, yeah. It was dope, dude. It was really clever. I and honestly, as a for character development, I always thought that Wanda didn't get enough play. They forced. I felt like in Age of Ultron, um, or sorry, in um, in Civil War, I thought that they were forcing the her envision thing a little bit. It seemed like it was pretty fast, and and they didn't spend enough time with her. I think in Infinity War or in Endgame, but now I realize that's fine. They're giving us so much of her, and her character is. Now one of my favorites. Like I'm looking forward to her being top tier because they're definitely making her well, top top Avengers I, I go, going forward. I go back to how powerful she is. People don't realize like this is like yeah sure Thor is a badass you know fucking you know Iron Man's dope Spider Man's great Wanda will fuck you up dude. I think like, one of the this chick is mad. They said powerful, it in that episode. Dude. They're like she could have taken down Thanos. Yeah. Oh know, yeah. She didn't get distracted. Yes. I, I think one of the biggest moments in. Infinity War that drives me a little bit crazy. It's a cool reveal. It's super fun. It fucking plays out great. But when the Vision and Wanda, who are two of the most powerful characters in this entire fucking canon, can't take out these fucking aliens, but then Captain America and Hawkman show up. You know uh, Captain I mean? America, Hawkeye, Black Man, Widow, right? yeah. And they just kick the shit out of these phenomenally powerful fucking aliens and like it was Wanda weird. and fucking Vision. I, I mean, it, you, you can like rationalize it in your brain because you're like well they got taken by surprise or I thought maybe know. they had dampened like they put something on to dampen something, their powers right? because that would make them easy to find and they were trying to escape. I was under the impression not only did, was it the element of surprise but it was also the fact that they hadn't used their powers Falcon very Jesus long. Christ why did I call Falcon. him Hawkman I don't Jesus know Hawk, they haven't, they haven't I, I thought Hawkman is from Hawk DC Man. yes <laughs> by the way love fucking Hawkman don't know what he did but I, I had I love a him. Hawkman action um, figure it was just amazing just one of the coolest looking characters ever was Hawkman because he had a mace. It was really weird. And he was Thor no, with wings. He was Thor yeah, with wings. Thor with wings and no shirt. No shirt. Man never wore well, shirt. Never wore shirt, son. That's, that's why you like Shirts are Hey, pussies. when in doubt, you pop that shit off. Buddy. What's mm-hmm. going on, dog? Mm-hmm. Don't want to tear that car. That's what I don't do. You know what? He never takes his <laughs> pants off, though, because he does have a long one, but it is cloaca style. So it like <laughs> comes out as <laughs> it's happening. That's he just really has weird. a nubbin. So that was fun. Also, Sean, you just told me you watched something I watched right when it came out because I was so excited about it. Yeah. I loves me some Denzel. Oh, man. fuck yeah. Um, the Little Things came out, which is yes. something that would have been a major release. It, it's uh, three Academy Award winning actors in it, which is always mm-hmm. a big deal. Has Remy Malik of uh, of uh, one of my favorite things he ever did was obviously Mr. Robot. Robot. I yeah. love that series. But more famously, uh, he was Freddie Mercury. He was Freddie Mercury. Mercury. You got Denzel, who honestly, at this point in his life as an actor, can do no wrong in my eyes. I've not seen him shit the bed in 
25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have uh, love him or hate him. He's being me too the shit out of these days. Sometimes it feels like cult leader, assumed cult leader, Jared Leto. Wow. Who, it just disappears wow. into a complete psycho and something different than we've seen him do. Yes. How he definitely makes a very unique character, no matter how similar it is to a character he's done before. The way he changed his voice, his eyes. Oh, my God. His gait and his walk. <gasps> um, he is a classic method guy. He's Daniel day lewis yep. He's that guy. Famously, obviously, what he did on Suicide Squad and all, all those little games he used to play with his uh, co-actors. Um the, there is a moment. It, it, number one, it's a it's a it's a thriller. It's a serial killer thrillery sort of thing. It's a slow burn serial killer crime drama. Remy Remy Malik plays the young cop. Denzel Washington <laughs> plays the old kicked out cop that was disillusioned and gone from the force, and now is the local sheriff brought back to solve one more crime. That kind of trope. And Jared Leto is uh, the bad guy, the suspect, who yeah, who doesn't have enough uh, screen time, as far as I'm concerned. God, That's no. true. Um, he was. Everything that you would want, um, what you would think he would be. Jared Leto is an amazingly talented actor. You can mm-hmm. fuck his 30 Seconds to Mars. You can take I his like 30 Me Seconds Too to and his cult movements. So whatever you think about this kid, the kid can fucking act. And uh, his choices that he makes as an actor are super compelling for somebody who did act for a long time. I can see what he's doing, and it's very understated. Really, really skilled. Um, Remy Malik played a different character than he's ever played because quite frankly the guy doesn't have a lot of fucking uh, credits to he's done Mr. Robot the Freddie Mercury and that's basically he almost was, it I think he was King Tut in yes. the Night at the Museum yeah. movie yes. like one of the terrible has, sequels yeah he has he's very he doesn't have a lot a body of work to really draw from he did a great <clears throat> understated job as well and Denzel motherfucking Denzel Washington Denzel man. Denzel that the fuck out of that motherfucker <laughs> dude just brings heat constantly he's so endearing and good and he's strong and soft and he just he he's so comfortable on camera now um in his older age that it's just it's amazing Denzel can be over the top. We saw that in um, Training Day. Even. Training Day, of course. We, when he's over the top, he's fucking great too. But most of his performances, the subtlety of what he does is what really stands out. Amen. And he's the only guy I know who can knock you over the head with a solid mallet and fucking crush you with a subtle performance. Just his eyes when uh. he meets up with his wife, his ex-wife. Just his eyes at the end of it where like his mouth ch- doesn't change. He has the same mannerisms. But his eyes change. Yeah. It shattered my soul. Like he's, I felt everything he felt in that moment. I, I think when he's long gone, um, we will under. It's too bad we don't appreciate people while they're here. But I'm telling you, Denzel is so should be in the pantheon of those guys that we consider the Robert Downey Juniors and the Daniel Day Lewises and those guys that get all the pub and uh, Kenneth Branagh and Ian McKellen. And these, I think he should be in the Paul Newman. Uh, yeah, he Paul really Newman, Robert Thank Redford. You know I mean? He is. Now, at this point in his life, granted, Denzel's doing Denzel. I get it. But what he is doing is so hard to do. It's such an acting masterclass for young actors to learn the subtleties and the economy of movement that he does as an actor. His characterization in like Devil in a Blue Dress. Dude. I mean, things like you, you watch those glory. films and you're like, you what forget the fuck? Like, like this glory, guy, Jesus you forget Christ. moments like glory. You forget films that he did 25 years ago that were just that he won awards for 25 years ago. And then you bring him up to speed. And yes, he's become the equalizer. Yeah. He's become man on but, fire. But you, you talk about a turd that he did back in the day. Virtuosity. 
not a great story. But he was but he's great. he's fucking great in it, and you actually sympathize with him, and you feel the Do pain you know where of he got like, his start? Russell Crowe's great in that, too. No, he's so good. Do you Sid, know where he, Sid 6.7, It's a shit baby. show of a movie. That, That's a it's nightmare. It's so terrible. This, the, I mean, it's so it's, ridiculous. It's no Johnny Mnemonic, but it's It okay. makes Johnny Mnemonic look like <laughs> fucking Goodfellas. <laughs> so, by the way, do you guys know where Denzel got to start from? If you remember, I'm old enough to remember. Hold on. It was a TV show. It was a TV it show. Was, no, so elsewhere. Opera, St. Elsewhere. St. Elsewhere, yeah. which is one of the first medical yeah. shows. He was a doctor. He was like a, he, well, he played like an intern at first or something. But, I just yeah. remember seeing him But he was a very young man on a very hit show back in the 80s. Was that a soap opera Prime time no, it was, soap it opera. was like it was like ER. It was oh, okay. Yeah, it was kind of a drama. Ed Begley Junior. Junior was um, in it. It was a very big show back in. But the it was 80s. a huge. It was like show. Dynasty level it was. big. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he got to start there, and man, the guy. I just, I, I will see anything the man does. I'm such a huge fan. Jared Leto, love him or hate him, like Johnson disappeared into the role. He is so understated. He doesn't ever try to be creepy, but there's not a moment when he's on screen where you mm. don't feel absolutely uncomfortable. Even when he's not looking in the camera, they're showing him walking down the street and there's a general uncomfortability to his gait and his mannerisms. Mm. It's a brilliant piece of acting all the way around. And that it, is on HBO Max. It's on HBO Max right now. Yeah, and it's getting a lot of hate in the like certain communities. Like people are panning it. <clears throat> I don't know about what, people, what I don't. They're saying it's too slow. It's amorphous. It doesn't have a button. I don't care. That's it's the point. The ending is very ambiguous. It's very Lynchian, yeah. Kind of in its ending, not not like over the top. Not Mulholland Drive. No, no, I needed no, no. to watch it ten times. But you know and what I mean when I say that, right? It, it, I totally it, know. It leaves mean. a lot of open breath. In that genre, didn't Zodiac actually have like a similar? Um, reception. It did. That was the David Fincher it was a three yes. hour, killer. That was a three-hour movie that had no resolution. Just Speaking like of the Robert real Downey case. Jr. Yeah, and it, and it. I mean, it, a lot of people found it slow and it dragged, and it's a slow yeah, burn. David Fincher's second best movie. It's a great <laughs> it's fucking, fucking it's movie. It's a brilliant movie. It's better than good. It's. It's really good. I watch that movie a lot. I mean, it's not yeah. a hard watch. It's long. It's not a hard but watch. But I watch it like at least twice a year, probably. That's watching an... those actors play off each other uh, is and watching gorgeous. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, that is uh. his best role. He's been, he's played some great shit. He has that movie. You really for three hours you see him obsessed. That's another. That's crazy. another guy. I think when he gets older. He's almost at that point now, but when Gyllenhaal gets into his 50s, he's going to be a goddamn monster, dude. Yeah, I agree. That guy has so much depth to his performance. He's got a Clooney in him. Oh, my God. Clooney's got a bit of a one-note thing going on. Clooney's Clooney, and it's not like Denzel is Denzel. Clooney is like, you need to make this role for Clooney. I don't know, man. Denzel makes roles his own, but he doesn't like – he's not exactly the same. No, I mean Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal has a – a, 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 a charisma right. of his own. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. And any, just like Clooney, like, he, he can bring chances. that to a fucking role. It's just that you're right. He, I just he, want to see he was better than Clooney in the more diverse. I don't know, man. Clooney's last movie, that little thing when he's stranded in Antarctic with the kid. I haven't seen that. Man, it is such he's, a beautiful, subtle performance. Clooney's good, dude. I don't I There's don't only one Clooney that. movie I, don't, I watch I don't every hate year. That guy. And you don't want to know what it is. I don't. It's Batman and Robin. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. I thought he was going to say the Fucking peacemaker. Christ, oh with god, Nicole, with Nicole Kidman. Kidman. That movie's not. A, it's not a dumpster fire. <laughs> Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin <laughs> is entertaining to watch for the spectacle of how awful it is. It's so. Watch overly... fucking from dusk till dawn or three. Thank Kings you. Or three kings. No, I watch Batman and Robin because I love it. Three Kings and I is it. fucking awesome. That's oh, a great movie. Fucking amazing. Thank and you. another forgot one that people don't That's think a about. Great fucking movie. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, tangent much. Anyway, uh, those are some things that. that we've been watching. So you, you should, should watch, watch them, them too. too. What you've yeah. been hearing? 
Um, do you want to go first? We're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna go low and then go high. Okay, let's oh, go low. Okay. Okay, Jenna. Um, okay, wow. I, I've been trying to be better at going out on the interwebs and finding music because it's. Nothing's being thrown in your face these days. No, um, you've got to kind of, usual. kind of pick it up and, and figure out things. So, like, I'm spending more time on Pitchfork and places like that, obviously, because I'm a goddamn hipster. I'll own that. Hipster Nick. jams. Um, so I, I found this um, review on Pitchfork for this band I've never heard of before called Midnight Sister. Let me guess, seven four, seven point four. It was like a seven zero, oh, I think. Oh, okay. Ooh, just a solid Even seven. Better. Yeah, and a C minus on Pitchfork is an A plus for Bobby <laughs> for for the noise monthly. That's how I that's how I roll. His his weekly, you mean his weekly called Bring the Noise? Because everything they do that's like a nine point eight is like burials, and it's a fucking just just fucking unlistenable. noise, unlistenable yeah. noise, no, and they're like, this is brilliant. It's brilliant because I don't like it or get mm. it, so it must be brilliant, <laughs> is it? And every Weezer album is a five point one, <laughs> and <laughs> probably not not wrong. entirely inaccurate. Okay. Um, other than the blue album, um, thank you. So, anyways, Midnight Sister, uh, the song is called Foxes. This is very what it, I think what drew me to it and made me kind of lock into it, and I keep listening to the song over and over and over again. It's the glam rock <laughs> theatrics that okay. they go through. It is so Mark Bolan, T Rex, glam oh, rocky, nice and fun and. Really good, and the arrangement on this song is fucking unreal, man. It's so good. There's a moment, there's a lot going on where I think we'll probably kind of pick. I want to pick that moment up at about minute forty. It's a crescendo of noise that happens, and it's really fucking good, man. I I I don't know. It blows me away. I really like this. So let's bring it. Like let's go in about mid song. Let's go mid song. Yeah, about a minute in, and that way we can hear the do whatever you need to do. Do like a minute twenty. Do whatever you need to do, bro. Starting in minute 20. Minute 20 will capture. Yeah, that's how long I last. I love how the riffs are very similar to like 70s rock to a degree. That sounds like that could have been put on the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack and I wouldn't have even noticed. Well, you're right. It's very much 70s style, glammy. First thing I thought of was like Diet Bowie. I mean, it sounded like Diet Ziggy uh, for me. Very rarely in Whiskey Real history do we get to a point like this where I didn't really like the song that much. And it wasn't it wasn't because of the style of song. It felt for me very kind of like an anemic attempt at that style of music. You thought but it was I like a throwback. But, but just but on the sort of I mean, surface level, I'm a, not I'm very a whore deep. for shit like that. I get it. But there was something about it that seemed a little uh from a from a playing standpoint, especially with the drumming, sounded a little bit lazy and sloppy. Hmm. And I know it was on purpose, but some of it felt almost off beat to me it wasn't driving yeah i don't know but i don't dislike it because of but that. i do i think that is on purpose something in my brain I, just... I think there's an intentionality that's right. behind that i think you're and right that the they're video. they're kitschy and trying to play to a certain audience right without mm-hmm. question sure. mm-hmm. there's obviously these kids and their kids fell in love with a style of music 
and they're trying to pay homage right. to that. And the T Rex call was you know, huge. That was a perfect call. It, it, I mean, it nails it. I yeah, mean, like, and for and, sure. and when like you say when you watch the video of this girl, which we, I mean, we should probably post that video because it's really fucking cool. very interesting, very theatrical, very over the top, but also yeah. very fucking like it's it's respectable and it's like this I, is like. We're putting out a good song. You get the aesthetic they're going for. You know, it's, it's not yeah. that like I believe in a thing called love yeah. kind of retro hey, shit. Which you know what I mean? Is a garbage song. Fuck this is both of you. That's a great song. It's a, it's a garbage song. It's fine. But Fuck it's, off. You're wrong. It's a <laughs> gimmick, is what I'm saying. Well, I guess, well, a lot of their albums are like that, aren't they? Or is a, that a song that stands out as completely different? You than You mean all their the band other that no, no, disappeared? No, much yeah. Like Scissor Sisters. Yeah, but it's a good hit. It's not about it. Yeah, it is. It's not. It's sword or some. No, I believe in a thing called love. Is just listen to the. You know who could tell us? Fucking Fuck Carol. Carol. Fucking Carol. Hey, Carol, who does that song? I believe in a thing called love. Just listen to the rhythm of my whole. I have no idea what you're saying. It sounds like gibberish. She's hammered. Stop calling Carol hammered. She's, right, not, uh, she's oh, on oh, okay. dry January. Okay. Oh, it's right. February. See? And it's the it's sixth. No, she's back on the sauce. She's so sauced right now. Care Bear, the song is actually called I Believe in a Thing Called Love. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying, but Okay, looks kind of. like that band is The Darkness. Oh, the Dark, yeah, the absolutely. The Darkness, okay, sorry, Scissor uh, Sisters. I know it was something kind Thank of you, fucking metaphysical. And- they came out around the same time as like Electric Six. It was yeah, 03, but, you know, yeah, yeah. and I, that, was my, that was my playlist. I had that Electric Six song and that song for I, a summer. I, the Taco Bell song? No, yeah, the Taco Bell, yeah. <laughs> I genuinely- Fire in the- that just sounds it's like we're retro but we're tongue-in-cheek retro and Mm. it just i don't know it never landed as far as you hated genuine music you hated the shit they're making fun of anyway you hated what they're no i love fucking i love bowie and i love fucking t-rex i I love that let's not say that the fucking darkness was trying to be bowie with their song no no we're talking about uh, no we're trying to talk about this group this specifically but oh i thought we were still talking shit about no i think the darkness tried to be they were trying to be queen and they didn't Mm. and and yes by the way, Queen, very overrated. Just going to say. Um, just going to throw that out there. I, They're I super quit. overrated. I quit. Honestly, um, I'm super by the way, you. when's the last time you popped in an old fucking Queen CD and rocked out to yourself? I rocked um, out to Queen The 30th often. of never. I rocked That's out to Queen when often. I love Queen when I was a kid. I try to fit it in between... The damned albums. Well, when, you, when because they're good. Well, we are the from ch- the same era. When we are, are the assholes. when we are the champions comes on. You no, not those songs. I'm not a huge fan out. of like, the, come on, the arena songs that like get played at sporting events. Ah, oh, sure, I enjoyed it when I was a kid. We would get ourselves psyched up listening to those songs before and after games and shit. But the Queen and Brian May is one of the greatest guitarists that's ever lived. I'm, I'm just, I, I, you know what? I Come never, I, I, I just never went down the Queen Railroad, and it just. Well, it's because you my hate style. the gays. I get it now. It's because you're I, so hateful. I love Judas Priest. I like a lot of Queen songs. I love I, Wham. But what we're saying, <laughs> you should kill yourself after. What this. we're saying is they're overrated. So when Thank we you. talk about them as being in this like pantheon on this Mount Rushmore agree, man. of fucking seventies rock bands, they... I just don't think they belong there. I think they're really fucking good. I, there's a lot of their songs I love. There's some the Flash Gordon soundtrack alone. Thank you. Yes, makes there's me some, a fan of Queen. There's some virtuosity to their musicianship. Yes. I'm not going to say Brian May isn't a great. Freddie Mercury is one of the best vocalists who has ever walked the ever. earth. Ever. But I'm saying the music to me 
did not impact. I don't think, I think people like to romanticize who Queen was. And I think because of the story makes the fucking music, sometimes it should be the other way around. But I think the story made the music when it came to Queen. I grew up remembering Freddie Mercury having AIDS. And then I remembered like, he became like bigger than what he was. And I, yeah. I just, I don't think Queen was as great as everybody thought they were. Like, honestly, I, I, I could know. honestly turn my next statement into my clutch your pearls. Yeah, brother. <laughs> um, okay, so on a different note, <laughs> I love, I love, dude, and it's not even like I don't like that. So I was just, I, I, may, I need to hear that song again in headphones, Bobby, because it would definitely sound yeah. better than when I was just listening. Is this a local band, by so the way? Good. Did they, did they actually start? I don't their know career where they're at. At the Iron Horse Inn, did they, did, did they go there to shoot somebody or buy methamphetamines? Because the band's name is Mother Iron Horse. I thought maybe they were local. No, <laughs> no, no local ties. However, they are from Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, so they're bringing uh, what's called that witch. City vibe. Which you, um, which they mean? are dirtbag, stoner, bong rock. They drive a red van on tour called the Heavy Flow, um, <laughs> and that's their license plate. Of course um, it is. They do a bunch of hallucinogenics. Um, they're fantastic. They're they're what I would hope. I'm glad all the youngins are picking up Sabbath um, because this feels like an iteration off of the. It feels like a. Re- like a retarded kind of third cousin of Sabbath. And I couldn't be happier. It's a little screamy, but I'm telling you it's driving. We're not going to play the breakdown, but this is mother iron horse out of, and they don't got a lot of shit. They only have two albums. This just makes me happy because it's stoner grunge, greasy ass motherfuckers, almost very kind of red fang in their uh, laughing at themselves. Nice. The video opens up with them fucking pulling up in their van, doing a bunch of LSD and they're going to check out their new digs. So they walk in, drop a fucking 30 rack of paps. And that's when the first uh, hit of the song is when they drop the 30 rack, they proceed to go play the song and a whole fucking satanic ritual happens around oh. them. Um, it's fucking fantastic and a hilarious but yeah, man, there is What's no... What's the song called? It, it is called Old Man Satan. Isn't that what the employees of Home Slice call you behind your back? Fuck yeah. They call me Old Scratch. They call you Old Scratch. Old Scratch. Here comes Old Scratch. I love those old... Rambling down the alley Country colloquialisms. <laughs> um, look at him pissing on his leg. Um, <laughs> this is a song you uh, listen to before you um, kill your grandparents. This is what you listen to before you kick your three-legged dog. Songs to murder this your grandparents is, to. Um, what you listen to before you go tell your boss to suck Hawkman's dick. This is what suck, you listen to. Suck Hawkman's odd cloaca hole. Cloaca beaked cock. Beak cock. Um, guys, listen to this and enjoy because you just want to fucking pound your head and drink whiskey and do hallucinogenics. But oh all God. I got's fancy Japanese gin, goddammit. Well, it's so shit. fancy. So fancy. Dude, I love it. The only thing is, I'm not sure if it's the version that I grabbed or anything. I and and even if it was the version I grabbed to a degree, yeah. I can tell the mix on the fucking vocals is a little shitty. They needed to bring that up a little bit. 
So I can um, hear him a little bit. I, I think, well, now that I've listened to a few of the uh, different songs, I, I get the aesthetic they're going for in this one. I would totally agree with you. Um, you sent me a video earlier where I was like, boy, I would have really enjoyed this, except everybody shit the bed producing the song. Yeah. Um, sometimes that just happens that way. I don't know what their decision making was. They do some really, really fucking cool stuff a couple minutes into the song. You get the idea of the song. It's a trudging stoner rock fucking horns in the air anthem. But they do this really cool fucking uh, bass breakdown back and forth with the chorus. They do these really cool hot lick solo shit. It's just fucking fun, old school. And those things, including the vocals, are very like post-hardcore. Yeah. Um, fucked up. I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah, with that. Up. Just you know what I mean? The gain of a very similar. I'm I mean, saying, bring it. I get the ambient. You could still make it sound ambient without making it sound five feet away from the band. Yeah, there's you know? a problem when you're doing vocals like that, and you'll notice this with a lot of bands like Lamb of God and different bands. Yeah. Unless you let the vocals breathe within the context of the the bar or the measure, like if you're if you're wall of sounding your sound and you've got a ton of distortion, you've got a, a ton of really wet drums mm-hmm. and really and really heavy fuzzy bass, the sound is occupied already. So it doesn't really matter where you put the vocals when you're doing distorted screaming. It Washes itself out. Okay. And it's a very hard thing to produce music like that. You've got to let it air out a little bit so you can catch stuff. Other bands do it really, really well. Like as they lay dying, like yeah. um, there, there are bands that do screaming really well and you can almost understand it. Uh, but right. th- obviously they're still getting their chops together. This I think bands, their second album. Bands like these guys kind of want you to feel their music more than you hear their music. It, it, yeah, the lyrics mean nothing. It could be just a fucking landscape of rah, 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 rah. It. But it feels like you want to do LSD and hang out with your no, friends in a warehouse. Mean, and yeah. it's fucking it's dirty, dirty and, and awesome. Nasty. Yeah. yeah. That's how I've been feeling that. I've been listening to a lot of like Bobby and I talked about slint. I went down a slint rabbit hole, which led me to Husker Du, which led me to <laughs> fucking it, 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 there's these rabbit holes you go on. I went back to Bark Market. I found these new bands that are trying to well, you're sound doing the- like Lo-fi. You're going lo-fi yeah, right, right now. I, man, I, it's some about the time of the year, the winter, when mm. I want to go like fuzzy, shoegazy, distorted, like nothing is syncopated yeah. correctly. I like, like that. I, I, and then I get back into my clean, crisp shit. It's why I now can't I just get dirty listen. snow. It's why I can't yeah. listen to radio-friendly rock. I can't listen to most pop music. I mean, there's pop music I absolutely fucking love. Miley Cyrus. But it's like... <laughs> I love her. <laughs> oh, I love her. And <laughs> chicken butt. We're both on the same page there, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, I love her. Chicken butt. Um, but no, like, like I like the broken sound. I mean, it's like we. It's why we like the fucking Wu Tang Clan. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's because their production like was, is a little yeah. busted, dude. Like it doesn't the sound, sound is, quite right. The, the arrangement is tight. The arrangements are, but perfect. it's the literal sound. The the effects it, they're using, the mix, the levels. Um, it. There's just an uncomfortability in there. In and it's an. It's a perfect imperfectness. Yeah, there you go. Classical music is made to be perfect. The perfection of classical music is why you are attracted to it. And the the reason why we like hip hop and the reason why we like rock is because if it's perfect, it sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it it better be broken or I will not like it. If it's perfect, it's fucking young MC. Too fucking clean and too fucking... Pro Tools well, you, out. You look two, at bands like Train uh, and Three Doors Down, <laughs> oh. and I'm not kidding. No, that was the 90s. They're, they're overproduced rock, and it just is so apparent and clean. There's no 
distortion, which is, that's what it distorts reality. It distorts sound. That uncomfortability is what's kind of like, cause you're broken as a human. That's where you're drawn to the, well, the and griminess it, of it. It mm-hmm. has a physiological effect on you. Like yeah. It literally shifts your brain 10 degrees over. Amen. You know what I mean? Where you're, okay, now I'm hearing this through different ears and through a different perspective. And, you yeah. know, like, yeah, I mean, when things are just like fucking perfectly tuned in through some goddamn iMac it Pro sucks. Tools, it sucks, Dude, man. go listen to Check Your Head and tell me if there's a clean sound there's on that a, entire album. No, there's not. It's noise. It's just dirt McGirt, dude. It's noise. And that's why you fuck. love it. Speaking of dirty as fuck, yeah, it bro. is time yep. to clutch our sweaty groin of wisdom. Or pearls, sorry. Thanks, Sean. You confused me. I thought you threw me off. The I segment. know how when you don't. I'll hear the go first because I went last last time. Is that fair? That's fair. Fair. It'll be very, very, very. Or have succinct. we all agreed already? Bobby goes last and today. Easy. Or do you want me to go last? I don't care. I'll go. It's last. up to you. I'll go last. It's uh, up you, to you. You guys work it out, okay? Fucking trauma twins. So today with Rex, we were sitting around watching a documentary on whiskey, on bourbon. There's a new one actually out on. Uh, I think it's on Prime Video. It's a wonderful documentary. They go to Kentucky. They go through the, you know, Bourbon Row. Uh, they talk to the master distiller over at fucking, you know, Buff Trace and Heaven Hill. And it's a wonderful documentary. If you like bourbon, if you like the process of making booze, watch that documentary. I forgot the name of it, but you'll know it. If you just put in bourbon documentary, it just came out. It's absolutely uh, idyllic. I love it. Uh, and it was funny because we were sitting around. And I'm like, and and I was saying shit before they said it. I was saying it like, oh, this is happening because of this and this and this. And she looked over and she goes, how the hell do you know all of this stuff? And I'm like, I forget sometimes. And then I let it back and I took a 30,000 foot view. Sometimes, guys, we forget how much shit we know, dude. We've been on this earth long enough to pick up a few things about a few things. And I don't give myself and I don't give my friends credit for the shit that we know, dude. We've all been through so much and have done so much and have know so much. Sometimes I feel like I like purposely like dumb myself down and I dumb my friends down a little bit and the people in my life because it's simpler that way. It without makes real- it more relatable maybe. It just feels like... Because we're like gods among men, so we can't like relate to <laughs> yeah. these people. No, I just... I, 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 I think I deconstruct and uncomplicate mm. things. And I do that unintentionally and I do that to be more like relatable sometimes. And I do that to my friends. I have conversations with my friends that are dumbed down because I don't want to overcomplicate it. And what I failed to realize is like sometimes like, dude, me and my friends are badasses. We're fucking assassins. And why don't we talk about assassin shit more often instead of just dumbing down shit and just being who you really are instead of working down to a level. I was in a play one time where somebody said, Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you tune it down a little bit? Because you're overshadowing the lead. And my response to the director was, well, then tell him to step the fuck up. Yeah. That's how, why do I got to come down? And I realized like I've kind of organically been coming down a little bit and I'm like, fuck that shit. I want to get back to fucking who I am. And I want me and my people to be who we are. Mm. Um, and by the way, by the Telegraph newspaper, we have an article in it. Oh, yeah. It's we didn't even cool. mention that shit yet. We haven't even anyway, mentioned it. Anyway. But I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, you know what? We're fucking badasses, dude. And if, especially during the pandemic, man, it doesn't, you don't get so, to flex those muscles sometimes. I'm assuming you're wrapping I'm done. Up. 
Um, I think what it comes down to is that we find ourselves attracted to and spending time with people that share the same curiosities that we have. Fair. The reason we know things is because we're actually fucking curious enough intellectually to go and find out information about the things that we don't just wait for something to sound okay to fall into our ears. We go find the things that fucking speak to us. Amen. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start to gain knowledge. We watch amazing films because we want to be amazed. We're curious. Yes. There's a reason you go out and listen or watch a Korean fucking serial killer movie. Mostly because you're curious and you want to know what the fuck that's like. Yeah, mostly by curious. You know? (laughs) (laughs) But he's right. You're right. Like, it's uh, like there's two kinds of people on the earth. There's the type of person who goes up to like the Leaning Tower of Pisa or a very great film and goes, "Uh ah, that was great. And then moves on. We watch something and go, that's fucking dope. How did they do this? Yeah. How did they do this? Let's yeah. go look and figure out how they did this and learn about the thing that we love so I much. I mostly take selfies with me putting my hand on the Tower of Pisa to nobody push it that. over. Nobody does that. Nobody, nobody's you done that, that yet, up. right? Nobody's done that, Rob, right? You made that. Ah! <laughs> um, anyway, we're badasses, so let's. I think we need to act like it a little bit Own more. Well yeah, done. there's a new one that I want to do where it's... Um, you stand on top of the Great Wall of China and you do your best impression of China's entire economy suffering for like hundreds of years because they did that. Because um, I'm smart. <laughs> edit that out. Wow, that <laughs> I, that out. I was trying to come up with something no, anti-China. It's funny. Oh, can I put in? Th- I'm sorry. One last thing, but I want to get it on the podcast, please. I saw I was out on my balcony with Rex, who I don't know if you guys know. I oh, told Jesus you, Christ. she's a woman of color. So I was out on the balcony with her and all of a sudden I see her eyes go wide and she goes, oh my God, that's a fucking eagle. I turn my head. There's an American bald eagle flying by like 50 feet from me. I saw like the white nape of its neck. I saw the white feathers and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, and I made the joke. I looked at her. I'm like, you know what that was? That was America. America just flew by. And so we're laughing. And then all of a sudden I see four crows fly out of my left so the crow the 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 fucking eagle went right to left went out of my frame of my vision then i see four crows move frantic left, crows left to right and i was like they're already kicking the blacks out yeah <laughs> that was my first thought they're gentrifying downtown the american eagle is fucking this up those already crows, crows definitely talk like those cats from uh dumbo <laughs> from dumbo <laughs> i don't see about everything with but i've never been kicked out by no ball okay. eagle i got nothing else to say i'm sorry but i had to relay that no, story because we laughed Shonsky. Uh, all right. Uh, this week, I didn't really have anything that I could really pull for Clutch Your Pearls of Wisdom. But I do want to say, though we were kind of tongue-in-cheek with the apology section, like our little apology instead of a sponsor this morning, that if you're the type of person that it's really hard for you to apologize, figure that shit the fuck out. And you need to be able to apologize and not just apologize, but mean it. I like that. That being said, fuck Bradenton, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not sorry for that. Sorry, not sorry. Keeping up with the spirit of mea culpas, um, I talked last week or the week before about working out a situation that I have with someone. And I'll say this. The one thing that I've discovered throughout this process is like nothing great happens without some sort of leap of faith. And at, at some point, you can think through it all, and you can talk through it all, and you can make all the excuses to not do a thing, and you can fucking go through this whole process. At some point, someone jumps off the fucking cliff and just says, okay, I'm in. Let's do it. Take the leap of faith. That's, I don't know, that's pretty much all I can say. 
Amen, dude. I've said, I've had that conversation more than one time in a business and a personal setting yep. where you can think the process through, but there's going to be that small little chasm you're going to have to hop. I don't care You've how smart to. you think you are or how planned you think things are. You're going to have to go. I'm okay with the research I've done. I'm okay with what I've thought through. Mm -hmm. And now I need to just pull the trigger. And you just got to let that go at that point. I you can write down on your little yellow notepad your pros and cons. <laughs> right. But at some point, you're going to jump over those fucking 12 cons. Yep. And yep. say, fuck it. You're going to go. You know what? This feels right. It's time to do this. And go with your gut. Go. And at the end of the day, even if you fail, you tend to learn something pretty valuable. Mm -hmm. I've learned. Even I've had, I've I've had a, several failed businesses that I've been a, a part of, and I've learned more from them than the successful ones. Failure is education. Absolutely. Amen. I just don't want to do it anymore. Uh, and I think that we, I think that's because we don't, and it might be an American thing. It might be a new age thing, but we always look at failure. Failure is a bad word. It's bad that you fail. But if we go back to something that the great Eleanor Roosevelt said, what could we accomplish if we knew we could not fail? If failure, if we just realized that failure was this education and was a step to success, we could do way more with our entire lives if we just knew that we there was no such thing as failure. So and we love Ele Eleanor Roosevelt, but I do blame you for my wife being able to vote and talk to me about things she has no business bringing up. <laughs>